0: It's Tuesday, June 13th, 2017, and you're listening to episode 446 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 55 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Brodor. My name's Chad. Alright, so... Wayne's a punk. Yeah, Wayne is a punk bitch, but that's not the topic of the show. So... I started. I don't watch a lot of anime. I'm not, you don't watch like any. No, I really don't. And there's a there's a story behind that we've told on the show mm-hmm. before, which is I had some people that anime wore, fans ruined
1: anime for you. Bingo. That that's exactly
0: specifically American anime fans ruined anime for me. There's one that I picked up because You're welcome. Yes, and, and Chad, you were the first person to mention it to me. And there were several people's recommendation that figured into this. Mm. You recommended it to me. Some people on Facebook recommended it to me. And one of my personal favorite comedians that's alive, <laughs> I have some that I like a lot more that are dead, but that's, you know. You like that
1: they're dead? Or you
0: like them and they are dead. I like them and they are incidentally dead. Ah. I wish Mitch Hedberg, for example, was still alive, but he's not. So of the living comedians, mm. one of my favorite is Bill Burr. And he actually did a talk on this. He has a podcast where he goes off on a lot of things that we as a show cannot get behind. But <laughs> one of the things he talks about in this particular thing is this anime. And I'll link that in the show notes. But fair warning, I don't remember what he says. So click this at your own risk. But the anime is One Punch Man. Right. Which you can get. It's free streaming on Netflix right now if you have Netflix. Hmm. It's They only have one season out. 12 episodes from what I understand it's based on some monstrous manga but one punch man (laughs) is freaking glorious I'm so glad
1: it's not that I'm glad you've discovered anime I'm glad you really like this because it is a very very funny anime I'm not even into anime anymore I've kind of walked away from it years and years ago and I picked up one punch man just I was bored and Netflix kept recommending it. And I'm like, okay, I've got 20 minutes I have to kill. Before I go somewhere, fine, click. And I don't think I made it to where I was going. I kind of did the whole I thing. The same thing. Right.
0: I, I won't lie. I've, I've been kind of late to work the past few days <laughs> because I've been binge watching. And I just finished the yeah. first season. Now, we will try to keep this commentary spoiler free. But having said that, I don't think you can spoil it. No. Because this, the whole concept's in the title. Well, and on top of that, it strikes me as what I'm going to call a compositional piece. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, imagine if, I, I'm just for a minute, pretend you could read sheet music, and I passed you the sheet music for a song. That doesn't spoil the song. Right. Because even if you know what note comes next, it's the execution, right? It, mm-hmm. It's about the song as a whole that you enjoy. Seeing the sheet music does not ruin the experience, of listening to the song Mm -hmm. and in the same way, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to try not to do this, but believe me, I could probably read you word for word, the script of all 12 episodes and still take away pretty much nothing from the experience of watching the show because it's completely in the execution. But the premise of the show is it's this giant middle finger Mm -hmm. to the superhero genre to action anime, to so many genres in general, right? And I think probably to modern life in general, hmm. that it's, it's very hard to describe. But the setup is that the the world is organized into these, what I presume is twenty six. Because it's cities A through Z, mm-hmm. massive sprawling city. So the whole world is covered in urban sprawl. And the cities are called City A, City yeah. B, city, they don't have names. Exactly. Yeah. They just have letters. And there is this Joe Nobody that li- he's unemployed. He lives in this one room studio apartment. Mm-hmm. He has room in there for like a bed, a TV, and it's not even like a full table it's like this little like end table Hmm. and he decides one day that he's kind of had enough like the world's full of like these super villains and monsters and he's had enough of being pushed around by them and so he comes up with a training regimen and and to to quote him he trained so hard that he became bald (laughs) (laughs) because in the continuity of this universe somehow that makes sense (laughs) And, and, and that's Mm. (laughs) i don't know his power
1: is the title he's a man he can defeat any foe with a single punch with a single punch yes but the sort of joke of the series is that there's all these superheroes like there's tons and tons and tons of superheroes and there's tons and tons of supervillains and
0: monsters and whatnot like imagine if justice league became this completely top heavy bureaucracy that's what this is yeah
1: And he's not even really, at the beginning of the show, not really even plugged into that. And the interesting part of the show is the question it poses. You have a superhero in a superhero universe with tons of enemies and bad guys, and he can defeat every single last one of them with a
0: single punch. How do you make that an interesting and engaging show? Well, and I think they also kind of make fun of the showmanship and flair of Mm -hmm. so many superhero things because for example iron man before the movie Mm. i was one of four iron man (laughs) fans on the planet right and if you want to know the honest truth of why i was an iron man fan is there was an old four-person avengers arcade game Mm -hmm. where you could play captain america iron man hawkeye and i forget who the fourth person was probably hulk I don't know. I, I All I know is I always ended up playing Iron Man. That That's how I became a fan mm-hmm. of him. I didn't really even know much about the character. But still, going into my adulthood, guy in powered armor, right? Sure. This is right up my alley. And after that movie, mm-hmm. Iron Man became you know a household name, right? Everybody yeah. knows who Iron Man is now, even if you don't know most of his villain names because they either didn't use them or screwed them up. Mm-hmm. But the point is, though, he kind of makes fun of that because of the fact that he is this nobody in that even though he is the most powerful person in the setting yeah for no cogent reason for no cogent reason (laughs) because when they ask him how he got these powers the answer he gives and i won't spoil it for you it's nonsense yeah and it's not nonsense in that he's lying or he's being super philosophical he's kind of an idiot yeah (laughs) he really doesn't know but he won't admit he doesn't know he's convinced he does know and He's the most powerful man in the setting, but because nobody sees him do what he does, right? he has no credit, no mm-hmm. due, no following, nobody believes in him, nobody except one guy. There's right. one guy who gets it, but mm-hmm. everybody else has no idea. And this one guy that gets it thinks he must have some super secret power or like gem of a god <laughs> or some huge philosophy or none, no, some like, you know, lost Kung Fu secret. And he doesn't (laughs) at all. And as I watched the show, there were two things or two things I was worried they would do Mm -hmm. that would ruin the show. Yeah. One is to ever downgrade his power level to give him a worthwhile enemy Mm -hmm. because I thought it would take away from the fact that he is, he's got the curse of cool, right? Yeah. He, he hates his life. Because of the fact that there is nothing interesting left to do. Nothing can challenge him. Nothing can challenge him. The enemies are no challenge to him. And th- the only challenge he wants of living an everyday life, he's such a loser, he can like defeat Dark Side in one punch. <laughs> but he can't get a job flipping birds. Mm. <laughs> because he's just such a he's just such a dude right? <laughs> but it was that and then the other thing is I hope they never explain his powers right? and I don't know about the manga but at least in the course of the anime they didn't. Yeah. They never all the way to the end they never explain how he actually got his powers or if his own stupid idea of where they came from which I'll leave for you to discover if you watch the show is in fact actually where they came from. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by it because this is a show that does nothing but subvert and contradict. Yeah. It is contrarian. It is a giant middle finger to so many genres. Not just anime. Not it's, just yeah. anime. No, anime included. You are. But so many genres and so many realities of the world we live in. And I normally hate that crap. <laughs> I don't like anime in general and yeah. I also don't like well uh, you don't like
1: anime in general but after this episode get ready for a deluge of suggestions I know
0: <laughs> but this weird off-kilter contrarian humor mm. the timing of the jokes the randomness cuz I'm a, I love absurdist humor sure the randomness of the events just the the fact that the whole thing mm. honestly it looks like if Homer Simpson or Peter Griffin was to try and tell a cogent superhero story, (laughs) this is what they would come up with. Yeah. If anyone listening to us remembers the episode where Homer Simpson designed a car, this would be (laughs) about the same, except if like Homer Simpson tried to design a superhero. And if you've not seen this, I I don't even know why I'm recommending this. (laughs) That's not what fear the boots about, but Holy crap. I have not been so captivated by something (laughs) so stupid. (laughs) and yet so brilliant since me (laughs) you're not
2: brilliant (laughs) (laughs) you're the one pump chump not
0: the one punch man
2: well you know penis is like your house or your car it's not much but it's yours (laughs) it's true No, One Punch
1: Man is great. One Punch Man is really funny. It's different. It's good. It makes fun of a lot of stuff while at the same time being self-deprecating, but also at the same time not just falling into this morass of self-deprecation either. There's not a whole lot you can say about it because the concept's so simple, but it's not a simple show. It really layers the timing of the jokes and it it really does a lot of you know juxtaposition of humor seriousness but then lighting the seriousness with some humor, but taking the edge off of the humor with some seriousness.
0: Yeah. I mean, you watch a scene where there are superheroes that take themselves and their techniques and their job and their reputation Mm. very seriously. And they've got all these plans and machinations and whatever else going on. And there's innocent people dying and all this, whatever. And then there's this one guy just sort of wandering through the middle of it all, (laughs) just oblivious To the gravity of the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And the most heroic superhero in the whole
1: thing is a guy on a bicycle. (laughs) It is. Cayman Rider. No superpowers. It's it's Mooman Rider. Oh, Mooman Rider. Yeah, Cayman Rider. I'm sorry. Cayman Rider is something totally different and unrelated. Mooman Rider. Mooman Rider.
0: Chad, because you're bald. I was actually thinking, (laughs) I'm way too lazy to do this, but if Uh I can find somebody to pay to do this. I would love to go to a convention with you as One Punch Man and me as Moomin Rider.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moomin Rider cosplay would be amazing. I would totally do that. Yeah. And, I'm down. Except I have glasses. That's the only... There's a lot of, like, bald characters in anime and other stuff that I could cosplay as. None of them have glasses. And I can't do contacts. And without my glasses, I'm freaking blind. So huh.
0: That's, so you'd have to either dish a glass and have someone lead you around. Right, or, yeah. Or deal with contacts for a couple of hours yeah. or I don't know where the, co- wear the glasses and just take them off for, yeah, photo for photos off and stuff and such. But I would, if somebody made this costume, <laughs> I would, but,
1: but you, Dan, you'd have to go to an anime convention. <laughs>
2: you fucking hate anime. I know. Look, I <laughs> now, know you can, you can go to Gen Con. <laughs> plenty of people will recognize yeah, you. It'll, It'll be hard. fine.
1: That's true. That's
2: true. I could do it. At,
0: <laughs> I could do it at Gen Con. I could do it at Comic Con mm-hmm. or if they ever, Roll back the age of consent laws and Carla divorces me. I could go to and, <laughs> and do it there, but cosplay that is. Yes. And, uh, but I would totally. <laughs> I, I
2: don't know, man. I just go with it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm stunned. I, I'm, anyway, please continue. Age of consent. Germany. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do.
0: <laughs> so, all right. I have no idea where I was going with that. But there is apparently season two coming up. I don't know why we're suddenly an ad for One Punch Man. Yeah.
2: But I, uh, that fat check you got in the mail. <laughs> I wish. But, well, clearly you earned it.
1: It's amazing to me. Not the show. I mean, the show is pretty cool. It's amazing to me. You hate anime. You legit hate anime. You don't like it. It's not your thing. No. I mean, it's just not your thing. No, and that's cool. You know, it it can't be everybody's thing. And like we said, we had some real serious anime fan friends who way oversold the entire concept of anime. Oh yes. We aboos to the extreme and all the, you know. Horrible glory—that is the derogatory
0: term of weeaboo—and they just killed anime for damn. When, when I was told, now this is just one brick in the wall. Okay, this is not the full story, but just one brick in the wall here is the moment when I was told that Project echo was too good for an American audience, and I was told <laughs> this by a white American. That's yeah, okay. That that was a couple years of my life,
1: but Project I Project Echo is a '90s yeah, cheesy, yeah, Supergirl anime it's fun but
0: if you're (laughs) yeah if if you're on a ton of weed or something maybe it's passable but it wasn't good but the the, the point being here though if you've not watched this and you've got netflix or a torrent or something (laughs) do yourself a favor check this out it's it was unexpectedly hilarious and i don't know that i can really explain why Mm -hmm. one of the things i always enjoy in a sadistic sort of way is when i'm sitting there listening to pandora and they'll come up with a review Mm. of the band or of the song that's, you know, if you click the view more or whatever and it shows you that, you can't explain music. I'm sorry. They have to invent their own lingo Mm. and they have to come up with their own phrasing and their own cultural reference points and and say things like crunchy guitars, which I'm sorry if not for the fact that this was a repeatedly used bit of lingo, would be a complete bull. Now, I'm sure there is some Uh, guitar aficionado that's going to email you and give you a lesson. But but the point being, I can't explain to you Tchaikovsky's New World Symphony. Mm. Does it have crunchy guitars? No, actually, I think I screwed up. It's not by Tchaikovsky anyway.
1: But the point being... <laughs> Maybe it does have ch- <laughs> crunching <laughs> guitar. I mean,
0: shows how much you know about this. But, yeah, I know. Now between points, I'm going to have to Google this. So I, I don't You're going to get so much mail. I know. You know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> your, your Facebook is going to blow up. If you've ever listened to the New World <laughs> Symphony, it's a beautiful symphony. I can't explain to you why. You're going to get 300 people... Suggesting to you to Dvorak. watch Attack on Titan. I didn't even Google it. No phone in hand, right, guys? Dvorak. It's Dvorak's New World Symphony, not Tchaikovsky. All right, but let's. <laughs> my policy is. <laughs> <him>. <laughs> All right. So, one quick pseudo announcement. Two, two quick. Mm-hmm. One announcement, one pseudo announcement. We'll do it that way. So, well, I have one question for you. Okay. Okay.
1: So, you, this is One Punch Man. We'll make it quick so that we don't do an entire bonus episode. We're about well one Punch past Man. quick. Right. You watch One Punch Man. Yes. You loved it. Oh, yes. You're, you can't wait for season
0: two to come out. No, I cannot. Uh, me too. And I hope they still don't break my two rules. Right. Don't give him a real threat and don't explain his powers. Would you watch another anime? I'm not saying you go
1: full balls deep and you go all anime and you get your waifu pillow and all that sort of stuff. But if somebody came to you, I'm not saying me, but if someone came to you and gave you an elevator pitch for an anime and it just clicked... Would you give it a shot? It'd be an uphill sell.
0: Absolutely. I I won't lie to you because I am still so burned (laughs) that it would be an uphill sell. Would I try it if someone really sold me on it Mm. and, and made it as easy as possible to consume? Right. The answer is, yeah, I probably would. Mm -hmm. And especially if it's not something like some (laughs) huge impenetrable series, you know, or whatever. And doubly so if it's not super, super Mm self-important. If it doesn't, Broder, insist upon itself. (laughs) (laughs) I like the money Pit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So one announcement, one pseudo-announcement. The announcement is, of course, Fear the Content still Mm -hmm. coming up. Later this month, June, I believe, so twenty third and twenty fourth, twenty third and twenty fourth with the wing night on the twenty second. I'm playing Happy Birthday Robot. I've never played that before. I fear the con. That's oh, the first excellent. game I'm gonna play
1: in. Run on. Like, it'll look fun.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm and or depressing. Or probably both. I'm playing Mink Washington <laughs> the pimp in uh, Broder's roller derby
2: game. <laughs> I'm disrupting I'm, <laughs> in my roller derby game. I will be the referee. Rumble split skin. <laughs> oh.
0: Uh okay. And Delicious. you can find more information at fearthecon.com. And once again, it is ticketless. It is free. Just wander your way in. Go to fearthecon.com to create games, to sign up for games, and we'll be doing a bunch of stuff there. Charity games and all kinds of charity collections for Pat's cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. So please do show up for that. We hope to see you there. Have some great games. And we we'll you- see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I don't know why that tickled me so much.
0: <laughs> the, the, the second thing, which is kind of a pseudo announcement is so right now we are trying out an actual play, which is something fear the boot has never seriously mm. attempted in all of its years. And we're running a skies of glass game. It's me, Chad, Brodo or Wayne, and then Eric from Gamers Stable stables. I don't even know. Just a bunch of letters run together. It's like somebody dumped out a Scrabble bag and actually worked out a word. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying to sell you that a Gamers Stable is a real thing. And it's not. But the point is that uh, we're doing that right now. and We're market testing. I, had yeah. n- I don't even know if this is going to go over well. I don't know if we're even that interesting to listen to while gaming. So right now, if you I want- am. I'm so, great. So,
2: right. humility astounds me. Well, eh, I'm bragging if you can do the it. The
0: only thing I can say, I have been told by multiple people that we are objectively doing different, is we're releasing a lot of paperwork, or I'm releasing a lot of paper with the episode. I-10s, W-2s. Oh, yeah, all that stuff. W-9 forms. Mm-hmm.
2: It's going to be a picture of my chocolate starfish.
0: <laughs> but no, like all the stuff, like the behind-the-scenes stuff, like the pregame questionnaires, mm-hmm. The character plot hooks, the game mastering notes, all that stuff is released along with it. If you want to see it right now, we are only putting it on Patreon. All you have to do is back at the $1 level, and you can hear it. But that's kind of our test audience. If the test audience gives us, you know, they say, yes, you're on to something, Mm -hmm. then we will put this into a general release on SkiesOfGlass.com. I will put it on... From a, the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. Yes, you will not miss anything. And I will put this on a separate show feed because I know that APs are really divisive. Yep. Some people would rather listen to an AP than our advice. They're like three hours long. Other before. people would rather... You know, it, it's completely divisive. You know, Some people want one, the other. And there's a small group of people that want both. So we'll put it on its own feed. It will be its own thing. If they give us positive feedback, if they tell us it sucks... We'll kill it, and we'll just keep gaming. Well, or try and tweak it. Or, well, or yeah. if nothing else, we'll keep gaming for own entertainment. I'll just mm-hmm. turn off the mic. But anyway, if you want to hear it right now for a whopping $1 a month, you can hear it on patreon.com forward slash fear the boot. If you don't want to spend that dollar or whatever, that's cool. Just sit tight until we determine if this is even worth pursuing. And if it is, we will put it into general release and... There you go. Mm-hmm. So that's our pseudo-announcement. And we actually, I do have a question up right now for the backers. Yeah. Which is in our... That's
1: another thing is that we are actually going to do, like,
2: audience participation. Yes. We are going to give you guys buttons to push. If we're going to be like Congress, You can. we're going to peddle influence. People can <laughs> purchase outcomes from us. Is that what's going on? No, but I don't know. If- now it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, maybe I should get that. Like, there's, like, some, like whale level like name
2: name brodor's character's boat (laughs) ten dollars a month
0: (laughs) for a hundred bucks a month you can simply
2: dictate the next point plot points like i I have no say in it i just have to run it now if we could get actual celebrities to do we could we could swing that yeah so all right but in the mean are we not celebrities enough do we not
1: entertain
2: you? I, I don't want to. I'm not comfortable with this conversation. <laughs> now,
0: you were fine with the age of consent talk, yeah. but <laughs> but so no. The the, the question that I've posed to our Patreon people, and if, if you're a Patreon person listening, so I hope you'll get involved in this. Mm-hmm. Is the question that we have currently posed is we did a prologue game that takes place five years before the main game. And I gave Chad an objective because his character during those five years is actually out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And so he was Mr. Sir, not appearing in this film precisely. And then there's story reasons for that. So I asked him if he would play a fairly major NPC Mm -hmm. and I gave him a list of objectives that said, this is what I want the character to accomplish. Now, how you get there is up to you, Mm -hmm. but this is your checklist. And I told him the more items on that checklist you accomplish I will give you some combination of either in-game perks, right. reroll starting resources, contact something, or I will let you pick certain plot mysteries or mm-hmm. character hooks that will get explored fully and quickly. Yeah. So you'll you'll have kind of a beeline to this information because as a game master one of the things I've been bitched at about is dragging the mysteries out a bit too long (laughs) so this is kind of my way of of putting that that you drag them out too long it's just that there is a certain volume right and well (laughs) this is my way of trimming the hedges yeah so i have put that to right now just open discussion on patreon and once the open discussion i've got a list i'll then put it to a poll where I, i haven't decided what level yet but at some level uh people will be able to vote on that and that's what i will do in the game but yeah, as Chad said, something we want to do with this AP, including when it goes public, mm-hmm. is or if it goes public, is we want to have you guys more involved in terms of saying things like, hey, we'd love to see this explored next, or it'd be really cool if you guys yeah. did this. And I'm not guaranteeing we'll take every suggestion or whatever, but you know, we will be paying attention to that yeah. to let you guys actually have some say in you know, what goes on in that game. All right, so our gaming topic for today... One Punch Man! Is, in fact, One Punch <laughs> Playing Man. Playing
2: a character like One Punch Man. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's
0: just more like being kind of like One Punch Man. Because One Punch Man, he's actually fairly young. I don't know his age. He does say it at one point, but I don't yeah. know what it is. But... <laughs> <laughs> We're back on One Punch Man.
2: Yes, because One Punch
0: Man, there's a truth about him... That is, and I was talking to Johnny G about this last night, because right now I'm involved in a Fantasy Flight Star Wars game. It's mostly Age of Rebellion, but the Game Master's allowing us to pull character types from any of the major books. So I'm actually playing an ex-Imperial Assassin from Age of Empire, or Edge of the Empire, excuse me. This game is freaking weird. The dice, it's like... Like, t- not the plot
2: story. No, 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 the- Game, so, okay. game. So, the, the mechanics.
0: Yeah. Right. right, right, right. So, Ed Sawyer, mm-hmm. Ender Melchior, he's running the game, doing a great job, right? Mm-hmm. We, we had a lot of fun last night. The players are me, Johnny G, Miranda, and Lil Sexy mm-hmm. from the Long Defunct Trapcats The rules to this Fantasy Flight game, like all Fantasy Flight mm-hmm. games, has to be... There's a lot of fiddly bits. Oh, Yes. It's entirely more complicated than it needs to be. Now, don't get me wrong. It works surprisingly well, like Mm -hmm. all Fantasy Flight games do. But there is so much crap. (laughs) and It's an Ameritrash version of a role-playing game. last night, I had a die roll that included... Here's what I was told. (laughs) I need you to roll two purple dice, but because of such-and-such, which I didn't even follow, you have to roll also a red die. And then, because of your skill, you get a yellow die... Two green
2: dice and a blue die. Do any of these dice have numbers on them? No. None of them. Well, in fact, they all have generally symbols unique to that die or a couple other dice. It's like a blue
0: die might have symbols that are completely different than a red die. Right. This is seriously... So what are like, some examples of the symbols? Dude, though. this is like rolling the walls of King Tut's tomb. <laughs> it, it's just like, oh, hey, here's a thing that kind of looks like an explosion, and here's
2: something that looks like... Well, there's a couple dots. There's some just some dots, Well, like the, traditional pips, and, and, and here's But like, they're not positioned like traditional. And, and here's oh, like course. two wings,
0: and here's a circle, with some lines around it, and here's something that looks like the sword from Thundercats. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up and so it's the sort of omens the sort of omens thank you i couldn't remember its name and when he had me it's the most racist
2: cartoon in the history of ever but we'll save that it for the mics there's a negative episode there we have yeah,
0: got some racist right there okay anyway we, oh. we've not done a negative episode in a while so maybe that's our <laughs> maybe that's our well i gotta have a couple of beers in me to tell the story right because uh, one punch man also had a few kind of uh yeah off color <laughs> slash on color moments but anyway the point being That there's one point where he had me roll what I just described, and the result was upside-down triangle. Now, if you think I'm making this up, I'm not. The result of the roll was upside-down triangle. And this
2: is witchcraft. That's my next role-playing so, game. So. We're just going to gut chickens and read their entrails <laughs> for successes and failures. Yeah, I, that's all conflict resolution. <laughs> will be the death of a chicken. Yeah, there, there is a, there is a simpler way of
0: doing that, which is you light a candle in the middle, and you put a glass of water there, and what you do is you pour off the candle wax into a spoon and then flick it into the cup of water, and whatever shape it takes on, you have somebody just Rorschach test, you know, first thing that comes to mind, and that's the outcome of, this, of the action. It doesn't require, because if you got a chicken, if you're a con, I will
2: eject you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably eject, too, if I kill a chicken. <laughs> but, but the oh, made, dude, this, <laughs> I got it. When you say that chicken's going to get it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been reading too much preacher. Anyway, I'm sorry you were saying.
0: <laughs> but, man, that is not a figure of speech. The result of my roll was an upside down triangle. So wait a minute, you you roll eight eight dice, eight dice, work out to
1: one upside down triangle. So you you mystically interpret the dice, and then you like what? Look at a chart in the book, and then it is an upside down triangle or a square or an
2: exploding cow or I don't know. And I symbol A cancels out symbol B and vice versa. Okay. So you have all of these symbols, and basically when you're done, stop. Do you want the Rosicrucians to kill us? <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how you went obscure in your conspiracy theory. That's good. That's good. <laughs> this
0: or is it Rosicrucians or whatever the hell it is, dude? This this is esoteric. Well, well, you are about to find exactly. out tonight. Yeah. The point is, yeah, when they come for me tonight, and we're gonna have this epic battle because <laughs> I'm armed. I'm armed, man. My dogs are gonna warn me. They're not sneaking in here. It's gonna be an epic battle unless one of your dogs is with them. No, I've checked them all. <laughs> Trust me. I, I've used... There's like, no zipper on no, any of these dice. I've used like red dice and blue dice and and these dogs came up nothing but mumra. And so the ever living. So I know we're clear here. But dude, I d I don't think Ed is allowed to explain it to us. I really don't think he is. I don't think any of us <laughs> don't make me laugh,
2: I'm gonna cough more.
0: I don't think any of us are within the
2: right like circle or right, degree. Yeah, you're not the great right here. Right. I am not like a fifth degree fantasy fly. Oh my no. god. I'm telling you what one when, when I play Satanic Panic, that's going to be a (laughs) subplot. There's going to be one of your character traits. mastering knowledge that's bestowed on people. Like, you have to be in the skull and bones like literal (laughs) glove, to get the full rules of the game.
0: That's going to be, like, the highest level perk in the game is, I understand, all Fantasy Flight games. Those are your your levels. It's
2: just each die is a level. So, like, you start out with White Q <laughs> these very first level minor symbols but by the end of it i know all three of the D-12s. i was dude i was trying to
0: i was trying to buy a piece of equipment and the pitch on it is well you can pay this much and not for mad this was actually in the, the rule book the pitch on it is like we well, can pay this much for a suit that does you know so much damage resistance whatever or you can pay a little bit more for one that also cancels out a black die <laughs> no idea what this means. What is a black dye? What does it do? When would one occur? How often are these introduced? Black die. okay. Yes, that sounds bad, but maybe it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, you have powers and ability that require
2: black dyes may, to may, Precisely.
1: Or maybe it's a black die, and all the symbols and patterns
2: on them are also black. That's so a fourth know what you're $60 rolling. hardcover that you have to purchase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound bitter.
0: (laughs) So, John and I, way off topic here, but getting back to topic. so One Punch Man.
2: Of One Punch Man. yeah. (laughs) Speaking of One Punch Man, if I was writing the show, every episode would be named after a punch, and the first episode would be Donkey. (laughs) (laughs) The Donkey Punch never occurs in the show. I saw a movie trailer
1: way, way, way back in the day. For a movie called Donkey Punch. Now I don't know if the trailer was serious or was like one of those early college humor type sites. This is like 2000s or something, but it was guy doing a girl, and he donkey punches her and kills her, and they're on a boat in the Caribbean, and now they have to. What happened to Natalie Wood? Cover it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like and that and it's like no part of the movie trailer played it as a comedy, except it was a movie called donkey punch about a donkey punch
2: (laughs) it's very strange you see one punch man took us off the rails (laughs) (laughs) which is why we need to play gwent no (laughs) Ah!
0: oh my god i gotta go i'm gonna (laughs) play gwent all right but what this got john and i talking about was we're too old for this right okay so he and i both now john's Almost a decade younger right. than we are. All right, so he I think is about eight, seven, eight years younger than Chad and I mm-hmm. are, and I literally don't know how old you are. Forty two. Okay, so you're only a little bit old. So you, I think John is a decade even I'll be younger. Forty one you in July. I want to just this again. All right, but so we got talking about how we're we're kind of too old for this, and John and I we first worked out a two axis chart that I then expanded into three axes. So
1: Because it, you're too old for that, but, but you're not too
0: old for 3D quadrilateral. Well, okay, dude, analysis
2: things. of his role-playing games, <laughs> right, precisely. Yes, yeah. Continue. Uh, dude,
0: well, dude, <laughs> uh, after that night, a, a cube was fairly sensible. <laughs> <laughs> a, a cube was about the most sensible thing that I had seen all night long. <laughs>
2: but, it, it, but where in the graph does the sort of Omens appear? <laughs>
0: All I can tell you is if you understand those rules, like there's a point where it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, and then you finally have an aha moment and you know you've hit it because you go full lotus, spread your arms and start drifting, (laughs) (laughs) and then suddenly the game makes sense. But what we were talking about is okay, so the original Mm -hmm. four quadrant chart, all right, so two axes, all right, so one left to right, one top to bottom, it, it can be whatever, was the crunch of the system. So you have Simple system on the far left versus complex system on the far right, okay? So on the far left, you have something like Terrible or the You Tell Me system, right? Something that can be explained in seconds, literally. And on the far right, you have games like Battletech or the Palladium system or Hero System or Starfleet Battles or whatever that require an enormous amount of information to play, Mm -hmm. The second axis, then, that he and I came up with was the elegance of the rules. How well are the rules, number one, interrelated? Number two, how intuitive are they? Do they do what you would expect them to do? You know, can you say, oh, well, I rolled a D10 for this, but now I've got a bonus, so I go up to a D12. You know what I mean? Is this something you can obviously make sense of? And does the rule book present it in a sensible way? Look, I love fate. But I'm going to go ahead out on a limb here and tell you that one of my issues with Fate Core was I thought they took a rule system and quite frankly they did not explain it in the way I in in what to me was the best way because they were using concepts and using nouns that were not defined until 100 pages later. Yeah, I think Fate Core is a bit of a mess. I and and I, I think
1: it has a lot of potential,
0: but yeah, and I like Fate as a concept. But I thought Fate Core really needed some serious rearranging. Yeah,
2: I thought that when when I read Spirit of the Century, it made more sense than Fate Core does. So yeah, and
0: just say I feel the same way about Dresden, that right. it, I felt it made better sense. Yeah. But the point is, all right. so when I sat down with Fate Core, I couldn't get through it. Not because of the fact that it's a terrible rule, so it's not, I like Fate. But because of the fact that in this case, it was presented, we'll call it, inelegantly. All right. So it was not presented in a way where the rules I felt were clearly building off one another in a way that I didn't have to fully wake up and mm. put my thinking cap on to hack through it. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I was distracted. You are going to get so much email I don't from you this know, episode. Pff, I don't even check it. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's very Brodor of you. <laughs> <laughs> but, here's the thing, man. So I told John, I said, you know, part of it is I don't know what the change is caused by. hmm Is it because I'm just getting older? Is it because I have more going on in my life that distracts me? Is it because I have anxiety disorder and that does degrade your ability to focus? Sure. Is it because of the medications I take for said anxiety disorder, which also degrade your ability to focus? You know, there's all kinds of things. Or is it just... Or is there gwent that needs to be played? Is there... Well, or broadly speaking, are there... Distractions. are, Are there distractions, things I'd rather be doing... Other things I'm thinking about, maybe because they're more important. Maybe they're not, but it's just I have other things I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, Or is it just I'm getting old, and I, I'm just not as sharp of a pencil as I was mm-hmm. 15 years ago. I don't know what it is, but I was telling John that really my tolerance for complex games is degrading as time goes on. And that even though I like crunch, sure. and I love Elegant Crunch in particular, Look, I am mad down for some Battletech and Mm MechWarrior. You guys know that, right? I love games like, now this is not Starfleet Battles, but the fastest ship-on-ship Star Trek combat Mm -hmm. that I run at at Fear the Con a lot of years. You know, I love that. I am not an anti-crunch guy. I'm not a guy who needs the story stick. But I just find that if you hand me the book and tell me to figure out the game, my likelihood of doing this, it's diminishing as time goes on. To me, I mean, there are Chad games, right? You
1: know, where you tell me or a lot of story games. I am into those not because I'm somehow lazy or distracted or or anything like that. I like doing things differently. I like novel, innovative approaches to all sorts of concepts, not just role-playing games. But in role-playing games, I like doing things differently. I like exploring different ways of doing stuff. I even like taking games and then... Remixing them and changing them as I'm running them and adding rules to them. Uh, the the gnarl game is an example. I did a lot of stuff like that. I put in a tactical game where you guys had to do a sort of turn based RTS using blocks and miniatures.
0: Yeah, using blocks, and yeah, miniatures and chess pieces and yep. such. And yeah, and they and they did. They each represented things like this was a bunch of regular soldiers. This was a local militia. Mm-hmm. This was a rabble gang. This was a bunch of uh, individuals from the gladiatorial pits that we had raised up, Mm -hmm. you know, or had broken out on their own and were now looking to cause trouble or whatever. And I've always looked at
1: gaming as you have X amount of time units in a week, in a month, in a year, whatever. You have X amount of time units for this game. Most of those are going to be involved playing the game or setting up the game. How much of those time units do you want to devote to reading a 300 page book? Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, 300 page book. I mean, I like to read and I like rules and stuff. I read it cover to cover. That's fine. Well, that's great for me if I only played one game. If I only played one single game, like if d D&D was my jam and I played second edition D&D and that's all I play for my entire life. Well, yeah, I would only ever need to read a couple of books. You know, I wouldn't have all the splat books or any of that, shit, but that that would be it. Except I like doing new, innovative, interesting things. So I want to play different games and I kind of want to understand them a bit and read them. But I want to get my hands on the bulk of my time units that I devote to games. I want to devote to playing the game. I don't want to devote to reading a book cover to cover that could stop a bullet and when I get to the end of the book, I have to pick up
0: another book and read it cover to cover. Or start that book over from page one. Right. And I've read some games like that where it, it didn't make sense until my second or third time through. And something I want to stress here is that this is not an indictment against crunchy games. Or really, quite frankly, even inelegant games. No, it should be an indictment against well, I, I'm Well, I'm, I'm not defending it. You don't have an index
2: in your book? you uh, holy crap we could do an entire <laughs> episode of me raging against games that don't have an end it'd just be us going <laughs> yeah. garr, garr. Yeah. it's a yeah, you're right. just loop that if we if i should have just loop that we've got an entire episode with chad it's, making that yeah. noise it, yeah. 45 minutes maybe a dick joke or two <laughs> just to include me <laughs> right.
0: it's it's like a free feature in ms word and all these other layout programs and whatever yeah. i don't understand you people don't put in the point is though I'm not saying I have anything against these games. And if people enjoy it, more power to you. But, I mean, oh, look, last night, I played that Fantasy Flight Star Wars mm-hmm. game. And the only reason I was able to is because Ed is apparently a 33rd degree <laughs> Fantasy Flight player. <laughs> Alex Holy Jones crap. is staking tell- out his house.
2: I'm you, that's so beautiful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it, that's... You know, that's that's cool. I I had fun with the game, mm-hmm. but I could not picture the one time I tried to read any of those books on my own. I don't remember which one it was I read, but it was one of the three between Edge of the Empire, was it Force and Destiny? Your vision
2: blurred, your consciousness and, faded. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and
0: suddenly it's just like I'm skipping through the clouds. Wait, and,
2: the, and each of those books
0: are sixty bucks a piece. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like the, that one hundred and eighty bucks.
2: Yeah, and the and the dice sets are. 1495. And because they have custom you dice. Probably need more than one. Yeah, because wow. You, now,
0: if okay, there is also a plug-in that you can use on Discord where it adds a bot, and the bot actually handles all the dice for you. So like Ed told me. This is kind of why I write my own game. Well, right, so like when Ed told me, like you need to roll one red, two purple, one yellow, two green, whatever, all I had to do was type in exclamation point roll space. R for the red, Mm -hmm. space P for the purple, space P for the second purple, space G for green, you know, whatever, and and hit enter, and then somehow it calculated upside down triangle. (laughs) Once again, no idea what occurred in the middle, Mm -hmm. but there's some Lovecraftian machine of madness
2: (laughs) that, I will say this, smelled the results. People (laughs) like that game. I mean, it it gets very, very positive reviews. Any which way. So, I was having a conversation with my brother recently, uh-huh. and my brother was, uh, was one of the driving forces behind a miniatures game years ago. You called- know, if
1: I dropped 180 bucks plus 14 bucks for a dice set, I would have to say I liked it
2: too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my, my, my brother was part of the people that designed this game, Battleground World War II, and it was a very rules-intensive miniatures game. Mm -hmm. And I like giant robots. I like the Battletech world, but I don't particularly care for the ablative scrub off armor rounds, either penetrate or deflect, right? Right. They don't scratch off armor. And so I said to my brother recently when he and I were talking, when I was visiting him, you know, how come you guys never did a futuristic version of Battleground World War II with mechs? And my brother said, and I'm using his word, not mine, because I'm not that bright. But my brother said, you know. He just p- used a blade of it in a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Touche. So my brother he said. He also used chocolate starfish. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, m- monkey button's also a good <laughs> word for it. But you know, press your monkey button. <laughs> anyway, so my my brother said, one of the reasons is time. And the yeah. second reason is what Dan has been describing about age and what you were discussing mm. about in terms of packets of time to spend. But my brother also said that the sort of gaming zeitgeist has changed, that what people look for in games has evolved. As the hobbies evolved, people are more interested in story stick games versus mm. narrative heavy crunch games. And there just isn't a demand for that kind of game that's really, really super crunchy like your you know, chivalry and sorceries and Mm -hmm. your role masters and your horn masters. And people just don't want to get into that level of rules, even if they're younger and they don't have adult responsibilities and they have the time to devote to games. They just don't want to put that level of effort Mm -hmm. in learning the game because they would, as you said earlier, rather play said
0: game. So, okay, well, that is at least a little reassuring because... Instead of thinking now that I might either be getting older or having degrading mental capacity, I'm actually just a follower. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how I would describe you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so as we were working through this, I threw in, and just for sake of, of discussion with John, I threw in a third axis to mm-hmm. this. So instead of a square, we made it a cube. All right, just so you can't put this on a webpage real easily. But we made it a cube, and the third axis I put on there is how much do I care Because I told John, I said, look, there are still some games I love enough that if you gave me, let's use Battletech as the obvious example, if you gave me a Battletech book that had the right rules that I wanted, even if they were crunchy as hell and a little rough around the edges, they didn't have perfect elegance, I still might be willing to put my thinking cap on, to take a pencil and paper if I got to take notes, and work my way through it textbook style, mm-hmm. because to me, it is worth that investment. But here's the thing. Battletech has already established that right. investment. You know, That's not the kind of thing that I think I could get from a casual take on a game, right? Mm-hmm. It's how do I take a casual entry unless somebody else is running the game, right? But let's say that Ed wasn't running the game for me. It's just the group of us sitting here and one of you is, is high on something and says, Hey,
2: we, 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 should, <laughs>
0: <hi>. <laughs> we should totally play the Fantasy Flight Star Wars game. Dan, go learn the rules. I don't think I would get through it. And I think I would probably just fall back to something I know, which is, okay, we're going to play the D20 revised system.
1: And that's the thing with a lot of the concepts out there, too, is role-playing games are usually two things. They are, I don't want to say a setting, they're an intellectual property. And they are a unique rule system that plugs in or interprets that intellectual property hopefully very well. You know, it, And it comes off as like, yeah, that, these rules have the feel of, of whatever it is we're playing. There are a lot of systems out there now. It's not 1982. There aren't three games anymore. There's lots of them. There's lots of free ones. I wrote two but there's lots of free ones out there. there. There's lots of accessibility. And then if you've been gaming a long time and you've been collecting game books, you already know rules and you already know all the tweaks in the, the stuff. Why do you need to buy the books? I mean, if, if it's a completely original intellectual property or it's a completely unique individual take on a, a rule system, then other than that, why do you why do you even need to spend money on a on a role-playing game? It's kind of like the the cheap ass games concept, the, the company Cheap Ass Games. Their idea is they're gonna sell games that are just the individual components of what you need. You are, if you play board games, you already own dice, you already own spinners, you already own counters. So they don't have to put that in the game and charge you for it. Just go raid one of your other boxes. And I think a lot of people will will come back and say, well, so yeah, I'm really into Star Wars. But the Star Wars books, whatever the fancy fly ones you guys play, the artwork's great. It's laid out good. It's got a. It has all the stuff you need from the setting condensed into roleplay. Someone ability. has
2: done the work for, for you. Ye. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that is an absolutely valid argument to say, I want to play this rules or I want to play this IP. And I don't want to have to pull things together. That gets back to my argument, too, earlier. I just want to play. Maybe for you. That is an avenue for that concept of, I just want to play. I don't want to make a rule system. I don't want to take three rule system and take what I like out of them, make them work together, and then go to Wikipedia and surf that for five hours, getting all the information I need to make my game. And then people ask, you know, my players ask me, well, what can I play? And I'm like, oh, well, it's Star Wars. Well, is this EU or is this not even, you know what? It. I'm dropping the five thousand dollars on this fancy flight Star Wars game, and then we're just playing what's in these books. And I think that's completely legit, except for the quite frankly outrageous price tag for these role playing game books. Right, I am so not
2: spending two hundred goddamn full, dollars for role playing. This, full disclosure: I know the guy that designed the game. Tell he, him F- you. <laughs> I'm not he's, paying. He's a gr- <laughs> he's a great game designer. He really, really is. I hope he. Becomes fabulously wealthy off of this. I I don't I don't know. And here's the thing that I don't know about the game industry. Mm. Right? In, right, in terms of the game designer and the influence they have versus the control of the game company. Right, and what restrictions and requirements that they have now. This is, let me take him, set him aside, take Mm -hmm. the Star Wars RPG and set it aside. Sure. One of the jokes that I have made for years about Fantasy Flight is they design a game, they carve 25% of that game out for the first expansion. Yep. And I I think their marketing, their production, their business philosophy, it's genius because they make money. Yeah. I mean, they make money. So
1: to tangent on that, and not about Gwent or One Punch Man, but actually based on what you said... So the game Pandemic, when years ago, I think it's Z-Man Games. Yeah, Z-Man Games is correct. So they came out with Pandemic, right? And I played a copy of it somewhere with some people, had fun, and I ran out and bought it. And there are multiple ways of playing Pandemic. And in my box, they had the one with the bioterrorist where it's hidden and track and you play against each other. Then you have like this sort of advanced harder mode. And then you have like different different ways of playing. And it was all there. Well, Pandemic got really, really popular as it should. It is a fun game. It's excellent board game. And they re-released it. And then they I think they did something super. They took Pandemic and they took all those play modes. Remove them from the base game, box them in their own individual games that
2: required you to have the original game to to have the core game to play. That's interesting. The only the only exposure I've ever had to pandemic did it was (laughs) was the original game coming out. And then the On the Brink expansion coming. Yeah, out. Th- that's
1: what I had is the the On the Brink one. And then the On the Brink one was totally worth it because they gave you Petri dishes to hold Oh, yeah, hold your fantastic. Yeah, that was sure. really neat. Yeah. But yeah, no, they and they re-released it. And yeah, I thought that was kind of sh- because it, I think it goes back to what you said. You have a game and you're going to carve out 25% of it, put it on a shelf, and then sell the remainder, the right. 75% to, to everyone. If it gets popular, then you roll out the other 25%. Right.
2: And then another twenty five, and then another, and then another, and then and again, I have no idea. I mean, I'm just talking out of my ass, right? I You're the conspiracy theorist. Right. This is true. The Earth is flat. I mean, come on. Well, there's some there's some interesting articles to be read about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> Even I have my. <laughs> <limits>. <laughs>
0: Or at least you're not killing people with some like anti vaxxer thing.
2: <laughs> well, then... oh, wait, no, hold on a second. I didn't say I believed in it, I said it was interesting. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> check out
0: One Punch Man because it is a lot of fun. And then also check the show notes for links to Fear the Con mm-hmm. and all kinds of other stuff. And we're trying to pull together a Gwent League. Yeah. No, uh, oh, try... yes. I'll link yep. to that again. Chad's uh, Gwent League is trying mm-hmm. to put together once again. If he gets enough players, I'll find some way of doing prize support, whether directly through Fear of the Boot or reaching out to some game companies. We'll figure
2: something out. Maybe we can get a copy of the uh, Witcher role playing game before it comes out. So thank you guys. For doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Look on Jake's face. Priceless. Uh,
0: have a great week, you Games, and we will catch you next time. <laughs> Maybe not with
2: Brodor, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2017. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com network